Welcome. I'm Leslie Cannon. I'm Mary Gavoni. I'm Linda Harvey. I'm Olivia Wan, and together we are the Compliance Divas. Hi, everyone. I'm Leslie Cannon, and I'm going to be the moderator for this podcast episode called CDC Training Courses for Infection Prevention and Control in Dental Settings. We bring clarity and simplicity to compliance by navigating the regulatory environment to keep you on course. We'd like to suggest that you subscribe to the Compliance Divas podcast through your favorite podcast channel or on our website, thecompliancedivas.com. The resources we mentioned during this podcast can be found on the compliancedivas.com website, and we always welcome questions which you can submit to support at the compliancedivas.com. I'm very excited to talk about infection control for dental teams. And one thing that I think is most important is to have training tools available because knowledge is power and power in having the knowledge and having the confidence that you're performing infection control correctly is just so reassuring for dental teams that sometimes are confused as to what they should follow when it comes to protocols. Many times dental teams train on the job and a dental assistant may learn how to perform infection control from a dental assistant that has been doing it for 25 or 30 years. Sometimes there's steps that are missed in the translation or the old school way of performing infection control is defeating infection control uh, compliance. So, I'm excited about the Centers for Disease Control training modules that are available for free for dental teams to tap into. This is especially important today where we have dental assistants who are being brought into the field who have no formal education in dental assisting and are being trained on the job. Last month, there was actually wasn't last month. This is I'm uh, recording this broadcast in November of 2021. In September of 2021, CDC launched a brand new training program that offers free continuing education. The program is called Building the Safest Dental Visit. And it's a program that has a series of videos and information. It's uh, actually delivered in three separate modules. It is a self paced program, which makes it nice for anyone who's taking the training program to start the program and just sort of take it in little at a time. They can always come back to the program and pick up where they left off. Now, one of the things that's really important to know about this particular program is that you can get free CE credit. You can actually go to the website. You go to cdc.org, and we're going to put that information. Pardon me. It's not cdc.org. It's cdc.gov. And you can look at the Division of Oral Health to find the online training courses. Again, we're going to have this link available in the Compliance Divas uh, website, so that's easy to access. But the way that gets CE credit for this course is actually through some uh, a portal called CDC Train, like a train 
train that would go on a train track. And this is a, a learning network that has something like a thousand different courses developed by Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, some of the courses are on COVID-19. There's one on Ebola. But I think we're most uh, particularly interested in talking about this course today on building the safest dental visit. Before anyone really goes to uh, an outside resource to look for training, they ought to be looking at the resources in their own practice and their own protocols as well to see even if you have protocols on infection control. Now, I'd like to turn the microphone over to Olivia, who's going to tell us about the written uh, guidelines that we can get on infection control for dental settings. Uh, there are some ones that you can print out from the CDC website, and also uh, a little bit of information on what other resources you should look for when it comes to infection control and prevention in your dental setting. Olivia? Sure. Thank you, Leslie. So we should build our library of reference tools with the information published by CDC. One is the Guidelines for Infection Control in Dental Healthcare Settings, and that was published back in 2003 as part of the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. There's a lot of valuable information contained in there. And then I can remember being so excited when CDC published the Summary of Infection Prevention Practices in Dental Settings, which are referred to as the Basic Expectations for Safe Dental Care. And that was published in 2016. And so those of you that are handling infection control and OSHA compliance in your dental practices, these are such valuable resources to make sure that you are current with CDC's guidance for infection control specific to dental healthcare settings. Now, I personally like to have a paper copy to look at, uh, but some of you may just want to save an electronic copy of the PDFs, but whatever your preference is, you know, please make sure that you are reviewing this material so that we can stay on top. And then there's also a, a mobile app for this 2016 summary for the checklist. That would be a valuable tool to assess whether your dental practice is meeting those standards that were published by CDC. And of course, let's not forget looking at our dental board's website. Some of the websites will just refer back to CDC and others will have some specific guidance to share with you in your individual states. Thanks very much for that, Olivia. And I'd like to now just pass the microphone on over to Mary. And uh, I'd like her to give us a little bit of information about this new CDC training program that's available. It is divided up into three different modules, but Mary, could you tell us what we could expect when we go to this program in the first couple of modules? Absolutely, Leslie, thank you. And I think this is, again, a great training resource for practices, especially now when all of our infection prevention practices have sort of been called into question again because of, of COVID. And there are many um, practices that are having to hire individuals who do not have um, a lot of, or perhaps no dental experience. And so having the foundations of infection control principles are really, really critical. So the module one um, starts out talking about the role of 
healthcare, dental healthcare personnel in infection prevention and control. And so it talks about um, disease transmission and how um, we play a part in preventing that from happening. It covers information about the differences between standard precautions, which we have practiced in the past under the bloodborne pathogen standard and transmission-based precautions, which is another layer of precautions um, that are implemented based on certain things like COVID-19 transmission. Um, it discusses the role of the CDC and other agencies um, within you know, the, the infection prevention world and the, the regulatory compliance world, which um, Leslie, you just mentioned, or Olivia mentioned state dental boards. And of course we have OSHA. And it also talks about a number of resources that are available for identifying and adhering to proper inf infection prevention principles. One of which is that great CDC checklist. So you can, um, look at how you measure up according to um, the CDC. Module two then discusses a number of specific topics within infection prevention. Hand hygiene, um, differences between hand hygiene for um, restorative procedures or hygiene procedures versus for a surgical procedure, a surgical hand scrub. It talks about various types of PPE and proper use. So donning and doffing and why we wear them, um, strategies to limit the spread of respiratory disease in dental settings. So wearing N95 respirators and air purification and those types of, of things. Sharp safety is also discussed along with other types of engineering controls that we implement in dental practices. And then we have another section on identifying steps to follow if there is some kind of a percutaneous injury or an exposure incident in a practice. The module two um, sort of wraps up talking about recommendations for safe injection practices, um, things like how do we recap the needles and using single dose versus multiple dose vials in instances where we're doing intramuscular or IV injections. And then we look at how unsafe injection practices can actually cause disease transmission. So a lot of really good basic information for anyone either to review if you've already been through training or for new training for new employees. Mary, thank you for providing us with the learning objectives for what module one and module two cover. It certainly is a lot of information. Linda, would you like to tell us about module three and why the components and objectives are important there? Thank you, Leslie. Absolutely. And e equally as objective three is equally as robust and meaningful and content rich as all the other objectives. This is an outstanding program. And I'd like to reiterate something that Mary said, and that's the fact that with COVID-19, we've all been calling into question what we've been doing for our standard operating procedures all these years. And are we doing the right thing? Have we been doing enough? And in my experience, even veteran dental professionals in their attempt to be more thorough or sometimes mixing and matching processes, which don't keep them at the standard of care 
and are contrary to the manufacturer's instructions for use. So, so taking this course is so important to bring us all back on track with what, what we need to be following. So objective three specifically covers sterilization, disinfection, and the dental environment. And the learner will first start off talking and learning about the categories of patient care items. Remember that's critical, semi-critical, and non-critical, and the recommended method of sterilization for each one of those methods. And then the module goes on to discuss how central instrument processing areas are designed. And I think central instrument processing may not be a term that all dental professionals are familiar with. We typically think of it, where's your sterilization area? Where's your sterilization room? So that really is a centralized area where instruments are processed um, and get sterilized. So that's, how is that designed? What are the proper steps and that need to be set up so that it flows properly so that we're not cross-contaminating areas? And then understanding the steps of the sterilization process itself, as well as the importance of sterilization monitoring. There can be such a variation in how our sterilization equipment is being monitored and how it's being interpreted. Um, and so it's very important that there's standardization there across all team members. I remember one office that I've worked with in Georgia, if this particular practice has three dentists, they've got four autoclaves, and they brought on some new team members a few years ago, and they were starting to have failed sterilization tests. And what they came down to was the fact that they were not calibrated and doing it all the same way. So if we do have a, a failed test, it's important that we understand how to manage that test. We don't just run an ASAP test and, and brush it under the, the rug. We have to be prepared to follow the right steps to troubleshoot it, uh, do what I would call a root cause analysis to determine what were the steps that should have been followed, what was there really any um, danger to the patients, and do we need to notify patients? This, this module also goes on to discuss the basics of cleaning and disinfecting the different types of environmental surfaces. And so we all recall that there's the clinical contact surfaces, there's the environmental surfaces. How should those be cleaned and disinfected in our operatories and elsewhere in the practice? Then the module goes on to move into disposing of non-regulated and regulated waste. And then we cover, at that point, we think about what does OSHA say about sharps and disposal of sharps and waste, and then also learning more about what the state regulations are and how we kind of look at regulated and non-regulated waste in our practices. And then another one that I love, this objective in particular, because I think everyone is still getting their arms around monitoring the dental unit water line and the quality of the water that we're putting into the patient's mouths. So going back in this subjective, uh, the learners will identify disease-causing organisms. And we remember that this biofilm exists in the dental unit water lines, and there's a lot of microorganisms clinging down there to that biofilm. And last but not least, Leslie, this module wraps up with uh, discussing the methods used to improve dental unit water line quality. And to me, that's a really big, important area because I think about times when a patient is sitting in our chair and if they're someone who's immunocompromised, or maybe they don't yet know that they are immunocompromised, um, have an undiagnosed health condition. So thinking about the safest dental visit from this aspect to me is very important. So thank you, Leslie.
Linda and Mary, thank you so much for providing us with the uh, learning objectives of, of this great program. Uh, I am so excited that this is available as a self-paced program. As I mentioned, you can stop and start again. It has interactive audio and video material, and there's reference pages with additional resources. And I want to give a shout out to OSEP because this course does provide continuing education credit through an agreement with OSEP, which is uh, the acronym for the Organization for Safety of Sepsis and Prevention. I would also like to briefly mention another program on the CDC website. Now, um, this one unfortunately does not have continuing education credit, but it does not diminish the value one bit because this other program, which is called Basic Expectations for Safe Care, is actually a program that you can use. It has a PowerPoint and it has what's called a presenter's script. So I think this is a marvelous tool for conducting training, not only for an individual on a safe, self-paced fashion, but also to bring this information into your practice and review the accepted uh, infection control protocols that have been identified through CDC uh, in dental settings to make sure that your practice measures up to all of the different components that were previously mentioned. So this is actually divided into separate modules. The first module is an introduction, then hand hygiene, it goes into personal protective equipment, respiratory protection and cough etiquette are covered as well. And then it goes into some other sections on sharp safety, safe injection practices, sterilization and disinfection, environmental infection control, prevention and control, and then dental unit water quality, as well as a section on program evaluation. So not only is it a PowerPoint that you can push slide by slide, again, self-paced, but there's also presenter script. So if you are identified as the infection control coordinator for your practice or the safety officer, you can use this for your team training. And it will be very helpful for you to be able to have something, a tool like this that is tried and true information to fall back on. Now, what I'd like to do is just spend a couple of minutes uh, with the divas talking about some of the uh, reasons that infection control and OSHA training is important and maybe just a little of uh, information about uh, what's great about OSEP, the Organization for Safety, Asepsis and Prevention that offers CE credit for the one course that we have called Building the Safest Dental Visit. Go ahead. Can I call on Linda? Thank you, Leslie. This to me is amazing because nothing is as the way it was because of COVID-19 and this whole pandemic. And even before then, I think that we many times were on our branch of complacency or used to our routines and didn't think we wanted to change or needed to change. And we got stuck in the old ways and weren't paying attention to all the things that were already occurring and moving forward even before COVID-19 hit. And I'd also like to remind our listeners that we have a podcast that we published probably back in the summer on the role of the compliance coordinator, the infection control coordinator. And there's such a wealth of information that supports that role, as all of us have said today during this podcast. So it's, it's much easier today to take on that role and feel confident about the information you need to learn and stay up to date with. So you're on target, Leslie. Thank you so much. Mary. One of the most valuable things I think about this training is the credible source that it's coming from. Um, 
OSAP and the CDC are the places that we go for the most accurate information about infection prevention um, in dentistry. And because dental practices many times aren't aware of these types of resources available for them, they rely on um, other people perhaps in the industry and not to speak ill of, of distributors or sales reps, but we don't know where they get their information from necessarily. And so I think it's very important to go to the source, so to speak, of the really accurate, credible information. And I think that this can give, especially the infection control coordinator or the OSHA manager, a high level of confidence in themselves with a good foundation of infection prevention information, because so much of the time, as someone I think uh, mentioned previously, that they are trained by their predecessor or trained by someone else in the practice. And again, we don't know necessarily um, where their training came from. And so we all know the old um, game of telephone tree, and sometimes that information changes in the transmission. So this is just such a great credible, accurate resource for practices and good documentation for OSHA compliance. Thank you, Mary. Olivia, did you have something to add? Yes, Leslie. If you think about it, OSHA published the Bloodborne Pathogen Standard and it applies to the healthcare profession. But what we love about OSAP is they break it down for dentistry. You know, how can we put into place day-to-day task procedures and make it work because our environment is so unique compared to our medical colleagues. So we want to take advantage of these training opportunities and also the wonderful OSAP that OSAP provides a great website with information that we can put into practice and answer some of our difficult, complex questions. Thank you for that, Olivia. You know, one of the questions that might come up for our listeners is we mentioned two different training programs. We have one that is uh, called Building the Safest Dental Visit, and then the other is called Basic Expectations for Safe Dental Care. And uh, you might wonder, well, are they different? Are they the same? Well, they're actually both based on the summary of infection prevention practices in dental health care settings, and that is also called Basic Expectations for Safe Care. Uh, Both are user-friendly and have uh, key recommendations relevant to dental settings that reinforce the importance of standard precautions as a key to preventing transmission of infectious agents in clinical dental settings. Now, the foundations program, the one that was recently released, is designed for an individual learner who wishes to take a self-paced training and be able to show proof of completion plus receive continuing education credit that they can use toward their dental license renewal. Now, the basic expectations for safe dental care training module that was developed to provide instructional resources, including a slide set and speaker notes for use by the infection prevention coordinators or educators or consultants like ourselves and other dental health care personnel in a classroom format. And again, both of these courses are free for anyone to access and use. Uh, With the basic expectations course, there's no registration required, and the training modules do not provide any continuing education credit. But with the building the safest dental visit, that is one where you do have to register for it. And on the CDC website, the link will be available on the Compliance Divas website. It'll lead you to a registration portal called CDC Train. 
And you can go there on your own. It's be CDC uh, train, or you could go to Google uh, train.org. And it gives all of the information on how to register and how to, uh, to submit for your CE credits after viewing the course. Well, I think if we have one more comment from Mary before we wrap up. Thanks, Leslie. I just also wanted to um, mention that we will have the link to OSAP's website as well on the resources page so that if you want to go there and look at information and we will be interviewing in a future podcast, Michelle Lee, who is the OSAP executive director. So she'll have even more information um, sometime in December about the organization. Thank you, Mary. You know, it's an interesting uh point about OSAP is that I would not be doing what I do today as an infection control speaker and consultant without OSAP. I, prior to learning about OSAP and becoming a member, I didn't have the confidence that I could reach out to find all the resources I needed. And I think everyone who has ever attended an OSAP meeting will also testify to the fact that, that this becomes a regular part of our calendar. I never miss a meeting. I've been so grateful that during COVID, OSAP was one of the first organizations to turn their meeting virtual so that we could attend in safety. Well, I think that's a wrap for our uh, program today on CDC training courses for infection prevention and control in dental settings. And I'd like to close by saying the compliance divas bring clarity and simplicity to compliance by navigating regulatory compliance to keep you on course. Again, please submit any questions you have to the su support at thecompliancedivas.com and look for the references and resources that we mentioned during this podcast on the Compliance Divas website. 